1: when will the cowboys actually stop making moves this offseason it's been quite a different off than anything we've seen around here for a long time of course this is riled up on the cowboys with my man tom ryle and your boy roy white you can follow him at tom ryle btb and of course you can hit me up at rw3 both on the twitter sphere and you can find all the great content of Blogging the Boys at bloggingtheboys.com as we keep you informed on all the moves the Cowboys have been making. Uh Hope you haven't been sleeping over the last <laughs> couple of weeks thinking that the Cowboys might not be very active during this time period because a week ago, Tom, we had one splash to consume. And here, as we sit a week later, the Cowboys have made another big move. And it seems like... Maybe more could be on the horizon. First, your reaction to the addition of Brandon Cooks and what he brings to the Cowboys offense.
2: I think he is. It's it's big, folks, this this don't downplay this. Cooks is still a talented, good receiver who was working with uh, just an abysmal quarterback situation down in Houston. He is—he is going to add so much to the offense, uh, and, and they don't have to—they don't absolutely have to have Michael Gallup back to where he was. Uh, Cooks gives them a little insurance against that, but the dream is to have the big three—Lamb, uh, Gallup, and Cooks—all on the field at once, and I think that's going to drive opposing defenses crazy while they can do that. Uh, it was to me, one of the big issues they had, uh, and they addressed it and they took a, a big swing at it. This was, this was not going out and getting leftovers because you can't be getting leftovers. You can't be shopping the bargain bin cause we ain't there yet. And yet the Cowboys have made so many signings, um, uh, they also and forgive me folks because I've got to take a quick glance to pull up the name again they also have addressed the offensive line situation although not with a splash signing with Chuma Adoga and it's like it's like they were paying attention to what some of us were saying out here about what the issues are which is to me just we haven't seen this it so it's
1: it's true the cowboys have very rarely in the past uh really at any point in time can i recall an off season like this right uh yes they've added dynamic players by making moves in the past but not before have we seen not one but two significant trades being made with by the way very minimal capital being given up on the back end these were pieces in terms of draft picks that the cowboys received essentially as compensation picks they still have (laughs) all the same number of picks they could have had going into this season had they never had any comp picks and with that you know they got the best of both worlds right added a world-class talent on the defensive side that pushes some of those cornerbacks into better positions themselves. And on the offensive side, I mean, while Brandon Cook's world-class, maybe too far, but he is certainly a more than serviceable number two. And I think he's actually a better complement to what the Cowboys already have than if they had added a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, even though DeAndre Hopkins is a better player, even at this stage of their careers, Cooks is younger and he's a downfield threat, a much more significant downfield threat than anything the Cowboys have possessed over really the last couple of years, Tom, not just really last year when obviously they were missing Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has never really had the breakaway speed that Brandon Cooks possesses. So I'm extremely excited about that addition. And because of this fact, the Cowboys still have a lot of potential plays to make not that they necessarily need to they've addressed so many positions even as you mentioned one on the offensive line moving your pet cat Isaac Alarcon to the defensive side of the ball to see if they can get something from him and see if they can develop him a little bit more that'll just be something worth watching in training camp and we'll see how that goes because obviously the Cowboys have felt the same way you do Tom that he is a guy they want to keep around Having said all of that, we now sit in a position just six weeks before the NFL draft wondering, well, the Cowboys really aren't forced into drafting any particular position because there's nowhere on the team that needs to be addressed that badly.
2: Yeah, they at least have something that looks serviceable everywhere. Uh, you know, th- there are definitely places available where, uh, where upgrades might be available when they go on the clock, but they don't have to worry about what they might miss because the, the team should be rolling in. And, you know, the greatest contrast, something that, you know, came to me uh, when I was thinking about the pod and what we wanted to say, think back a year ago what was the what was kind of a common theme of complaint about the Cowboys in free agency and I'm not going to sit here and make make you sweat it because I know you're looking at what I wrote and you can read it right now we were saying the Cowboys basically stood still in free agency while the rest of the NFC East got better they have flipped the script Right now, uh, I'll 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 argue definitely that the Cowboys have had the best uh, free agency in the NFC East, and maybe the best free agency in the NFC. Um, but you know, first looking at the East, nobody else has really had. They haven't had anything like the double splash the Cowboys had. Uh the the Giants, uh you know, their big thing was extending Daniel Jones. And then they traded for tight end Darren Waller. Well, Waller's a good player, okay? That's Decent no, addition. no question. Yeah, there's no question it's gonna help, but is he the same level of splash? And they also Wound up putting a non-exclusive tag on Saquon Barkley uh, because the their offense is very dependent on him. But is Barkley kind of starting that slide that happens to all uh, running backs? It seems when they get around thirty, it's uh, you know it's kind of a a, a mirror image or or negative of, of what the Cowboys did by releasing Ezekiel Elliott and uh saying i do want to say
1: though like i have to give credit where credit's due saquon is coming off of a good year one of his better years and i mean while he may be on the decline like age wise he does look a lot more spry to me than where we are with the the contra there with ezekiel
2: elliott yeah so that's that's great Mm. Did they improve the team? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a question. I think the, the Cowboys. I just like their approach. I think. I I will admit, I'm not thrilled about the fact that Tony Pollard is playing on the tag because looking at the free agent market for running backs, I think they could have got him cheaper. But now they're kind of locked in, so so be it. Let it ride. I think he's going to wind up playing on the tag rather than uh, negotiating a deal because they realize uh, once the tag expires, then they can figure out and, and maybe get him cheaper if they still want to keep him. Who knows?
1: By the way, if I'm him, I sign that tag immediately after seeing yeah. what I've seen. I sign that tag and I'm happy to make 11 million guaranteed and then take my next deal next off season, you know, I haven't seen a running back contract that's even been given 11 million guaranteed total this offseason. Nothing close to that. Yeah,
2: and this this is uh this may be his only real bite at the Apple, but you know, it's you know, he should be able to get a few million more down the the way, but this is his biggest payday and and probably the biggest payday he's going to see. So, yeah, that's a really good thing. Uh, Now, the the Eagles focused on retaining their own play. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Let's say
1: the Eagles for last, because I think obviously everybody's going to want to see how we stack up to the division leaders, and we've got some interesting notes on that. Uh, But the Giants in general, right, kind of did the thing that the Cowboys get criticized for. You're bringing the band back, and I'm supposed to believe that they're going to be better. They re-signed Darius Slayton. Mm -hmm. They released Kenny Galladay never really got anything from him anyway so can't say that's a huge loss but they haven't made any significant additions wide receiver paris campbell is the biggest signing they've made outside of those two guys that you mentioned daniel jones and saquon barkley so not much doing there in new york in washington yeah. they spent some money on yeah their own.
2: yes a lot of money on deron Payne who is now the second highest paid defensive tackle in the league.
1: Hmm.
2: Uh, a lot of people kind of went, whoa, at the size of that contract, but given the impact he has for them, I think it was a decent move. Uh, maybe a good move. Uh, I don't think they should be criticized at all for it. Uh they did make a couple of outside moves. There actually three that are kind of seen as their top acquisitions. Uh, they signed offensive tackle Andrew Wiley and offensive guard Nick Gates, which is kind of an acknowledgment. Their offensive line was a wreck. Uh, but then their other big thing, what some people rate as their biggest move, was they signed Jacob B. Brissett. Uh, who may, by almost default, be their starting quarterback? Jacoby. Jacoby. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, you're good. No, I was. I was making the Kobe joke, but oh yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. No, Jacoby Brissett played really well for the Browns last season. So well yeah. that had Deshaun Watson not been given the contract he was, Jacoby Brissett would have finished the season as the Browns' starting quarterback, and he might have gotten them to the playoffs. Because he had them in position to challenge for it up until that point. So I think they got better at quarterback. I will say this, though, right, about De'Ron Payne. And I agree with you, too, that it was a good signing. Four years, I think, for $90 million. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, in that same draft, they passed up on drafting Tua Tungo and Justin Herbert. And... Wouldn't they much rather be worrying this offseason about what they're going to be paying one of those two guys
0: yes, as opposed to right getting
1: there. Deron Payne signed and then having to go to the garbage heap and get Jacoby Brissett?
2: Yeah. And they had their, their roster needed the most improvement. Um, so, you know, I think their team may have gotten better. I just don't think it got a lot better. And that certainly wasn't the level of improvement that I feel the Cowboys had. Uh, now, you said you wanted to, to save the Eagles for last. so
1: I did because Eagles- ultimately the Cowboys weren't there this past year. We mm-hmm. can agree. The yeah. Eagles, while they played with them in a couple of games, we know that both of those games had – significant contextual circumstances that needed to be considered namely the starting quarterback for the Cowboys in the first matchup and the starting quarterback for the Eagles in the second so you know all those I think need to be thrown out the window a little bit the matchup specifically and you got to tip your cap to the Eagles from a season ago and say going into this offseason they were in better position than the Cowboys so we've got to we've got to get to their level
2: Yes, and I think the Cowboys took a major step in it because the Eagles' big thing was they were having to bring back a lot of their own players to keep as much of that band together as they could. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got they managed to get back Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, and Brandon Graham. Uh, they got
1: a lot more than I thought they would,
2: Tom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I will say that those guys are all talented players. They're all older. So, you know, the the Eagles, you know, there's always that risk. Although the Cowboys, of course, face the same issue with Gilmore and Cooks Mm because they're both in their 30s. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Cowboys are looking at one-year rentals. Some of the guys the Eagles brought back, they brought back for a year. Others they brought back on, like, three-year contracts. So um, that'll be something to watch as they go on. Um, But the pieces
1: they lost, though, are they more significant than what the Cowboys lost? Right. I I Uh, definitely think so. Javon Hargraves, the defensive tackle, signed elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Miles Sanders, the 1,000-yard running back, went elsewhere, although you can argue they replaced him by signing Rashad Penny. Mm -hmm. And... I would kind of argue it doesn't matter who your running back is. If Jalen Hurts is your main threat, you're going to be fine. Kenneth Gamewell probably could have taken that job over and been just fine. They lost CJ GJ, which I think is their undercover biggest loss. This is their safety, CJ Gardner Johnson, who left just a few days ago. So in terms of pieces, they seem to have taken a lot more chinks in the
2: armor. Yeah. I th- I think so. Um, so they may have taken a step back and you know, we'll we're gonna look at a little bit later, how what kind of steps they took. Now the thing is this is even me. We're evaluating this. We're just two guys that put up a podcast, record it in our mom's basements, you know, and do all that stuff.
1: I'm in my own basement, thank you.
2: Okay, so <laughs> The re- you, sometimes it's good to get a, a, a look from higher up or from outside and see what they think and uh, on Wednesday uh, a reporter named Garrett Padell of CBS Sports graded all 32 teams free agencies to that point. So how did the Cowboys do? They got his highest grade one of three teams that he awarded an A to and uh, And his the thing that really moved the needle for him was Brandon Cooks because he called it, and I quote, a major victory. So he's really high on what the Cowboys did. And in the context of looking at the rest of the division, uh, the Giants got a B minus. He thought that the Barkley deal drug them down. And he put. I have to quote this, as I did in my article. What he said about Barkley and Jones, he said, this deal could put a Blake Bortles-like ceiling on the 2020s Giants like the former top-five pick quarterback contract extension did for the late 2010s Jaguars.
0: Whew!
2: yeah
1: i think that's disrespecting daniel jones a little bit uh i don't remember blake bortles being able to move at all yeah so to make that comparison i think it's funny i like the shots but damn dude uh blake bortles that's that's low that's a little bit low yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah. and i was a you know i was a big fan of uh the uh the good place too. So, you know, talking about Blake Bortles always has a has a special spot in my heart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, comparing the Cowboys moves then, right? Let's go down the list.
2: Start yeah. with the top. So adding so go ahead. The the like I said, Giants gotta be minus. Philadelphia gotta be. Uh with the retentions in this analysis being the biggest factor. Yeah. Uh And they, as you said, they picked up Rashad Perry and they got Marcus Mariota is the kind of the next biggest, which says a little bit in and of itself. Uh, it allows them to the
1: run a consistent offense with both yeah. their starter and their backup quarterback. And I think that was a solid signing for them, but no more so than I think the Cowboys bringing back Cooper Rush. Yeah, a that's a good deal for them. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and they did that as one of their way down the list moves. Uh, and the commanders also got a B, uh, mainly because they made some good solid moves on their offensive line by bringing in the two players. Uh, so that's good, I think, for Dallas, because after a 12 in season, they've been arguably the most aggressive and successful team in this division. At improving themselves, and since they were hanging tight with the Eagles most of the season, I think that's a pretty positive step forward. Um, and they're all trying to get over the playoff hump too. Uh, and they got more going on with that that we've seen in a long time. And and we can't just look at the division, as you mentioned. What about the rest? Of the national football conference uh you know our half of the league because those are the guys you have to get through at the end to get to the ultimate game and the cowboys like i said they were one of of only three teams to get an a the only other one in the nfc was the seattle seahawks and the Seahawks were starting from way further back than the Cowboys were in terms of their roster. Uh, the The team that I'm mostly interested in, the San Francisco 49ers, unfortunately, were close. They got a B-plus for me. So the Cowboys didn't gain much ground on them. And I think, folks, the universe has given us a hint we're going to have to play the 49ers in January and figure out how to get past. Uh, I think it's just, it's just coming. So he
1: graded their off season, how kind of NFL teams have improved. I'm curious to know, Tom, if you've seen the latest Vegas odds as of this recording and how they have moved since the Cowboys have made these moves. And since these moves have progressed through the off season, On February 14th, according to Caesars, the Cowboys were the sixth favorite team to win the Super Bowl at plus 1,500. That means you bet 100, you plus 1,500. You win 1,500. The five teams above them, the San Francisco 49ers, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Since... Then, one month and a week later, are the Cowboys in a better or worse spot, do you think?
2: I think they're better now. I think I I just, as I said, I just, I, I don't have any complaints about anything they've done outside of thinking they could probably have waited and gotten a favorable deal with Pollard. Uh, and I think they is they need him back. he's their their certified lead rushing back if they need him. Uh, you know uh, I hope they get I hope they're able to work out who's going to share the load. Uh, you know I don't know you know right now the other backs they've got are Ronald Jones, uh male malik davis well they're and... going to have
1: plenty of meetings during the pre-draft yeah. process uh already had the tcu back scheduled uh kendra yeah. miller who is a guy you might be able to get in the third or the fourth round or potentially yeah. even later there's going to be plenty of guys i'm not even worried yeah. about that position but back to that odds conversation the cowboys have actually gotten a little bit worse odds Since February, they were plus 1,500, then they're plus 1,600 now. So you win a little bit more money for that $100 bet because the San Francisco 49ers have improved. They were plus 900, only behind the Chiefs. They are now plus 700, still behind the Chiefs, who are plus 650, but it is neck and neck between Mm -hmm. them, according to Caesars, as of this recording. So, I mean, it's interesting because I agree with you. I think the Cowboys have made some of the biggest improvements this offseason while also not finding themselves with glaring holes that needed to be filled. Yes, they lost some pieces. They saw an offensive lineman go. They saw a tight end go. But in general, I think they've been able to fill in those slots with capable players. Might they still have a weakness at tight end now? As I look around the roster – it's probably one of the first places I would like to address or just solidify because it's one of the few unknowns that's left.
2: Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's, that's perfectly valid. Uh, now you're talking about people looking at stuff and kind of projecting what it means like Vegas does. Uh, There was another way of looking at things that was put up by a guy named Kevin Cole. Uh,
1: PFF guy.
2: Yeah. And what what they've done over there is they put up a chart taking what the teams lost and added and figured out how it would impact their expected points differential. Did it improve the expected points differential? Or did it make it worse? Now, on his chart, the Cowboys are just barely improved the points differential. You think, well, that's that's bad. However, you got to remember the Cowboys had the third best points differential in the league last year. I mean, in the in the conference in the mm-hmm. NFC, which is I'm trying to focus on that. Uh, the two people, two teams ahead of them were the uh, San Francisco 49ers who kind of ran away with it with a plus 173 Cowboys had a plus 125 the Eagles edged out the Cowboys for second place with a plus 133 so how is it expected that the offseason uh, is going to affect the Cowboys ability uh, affect their their points differential said so they kind of held steady the 49ers, Looked actually have lost a little bit. They they they're projecting they're going to drop about ten points. Ain't enough for the Cowboys to catch them that way. But okay, maybe it gets them a little bit closer. But the team that just took a shellacking, a shellacking, excuse me, in that, <laughs> uh, I I think the words visually and <laughs> then read them in my head. So sometimes I I'll forget the pronunciation. I love it. But but the team that took a shellacking is the Philadelphia Eagles, they were the worst. according to PFF, they're losing close to 60 points in their points differential, which would put them down around the plus 70 range. It's just a little bit more reinforcement for the Cowboys probably getting the division because the, the the commanders are seen to have picked up about 20 which is still going to leave them trailing Dallas by a good bit. I
1: think that's all based on the quarterback. I'm trying yeah. to figure out what, though, they're basing the Eagles on.
2: Because, I mean,
1: I could see it only because they had an outrageous number a year ago. But are they basing that then on the loss of the two offensive linemen, Andre Dillard and Malu who left but they still have capable replacements in those places, and they're yeah. still regarded as one of the better offensive linemen, offensive lines, rather, going into this season.
2: Yeah, I, I, I of course, don't know the logic behind this because all it was put up on Twitter was the chart. Uh, I just hope he's right. <laughs> I just hope they got this right. Because that means that the Eagles are going to take a step back, continue the trend of not having repeat NFC East champions for another year. Uh, So that
1: speaks to, I think, the strengths they believe in. And and what a difference really the trenches makes. Mm Because when I look at the big losses on the Eagles, I mean, I suppose you could say it's up the middle as well with their safety. That's a big enough loss. That perhaps they're losing some points there. The defensive tackle in Hargra- you know, uh Hargreaves, they have capable pieces to try and replace him, but they could be thin. Mm-hmm. So that's potentially good news for the Cowboys, bad news for the Eagles this upcoming season. And the offensive line could be thin as well if they sustain an injury or something to that effect, having lost these two guys. So I can feel relatively positive that the Cowboys have closed the gap on the Eagles going into this season. And I feel like it's anybody's contest. You could have an opinion that the Cowboys are better and I'm not going to fight you on it, but I do think the Cowboys have closed the
2: gap. Yeah. And now, you know, what's left to do? Uh, I mean, the Cowboys made a couple, couple more moves on Wednesday They plugged the one absolute open hole they had on the whole roster. The one place they didn't have anybody, and that was a long snapper. They signed a guy named Trent Sieg. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they now have a long snapper in the building. Uh, And they also made an interesting move bringing back Tack McKinley, uh, who's a depth at pass rusher, never got on the field last year. I'm still intrigued by what they might be able to do with him. Uh, they've got about 16 million in cap to use. They're going to have to hold on to, to some for emergency signings during the season. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm never sure if these figures have taken into account the rookie signing or not, but they'll have to sign that. They've got plenty to take care of things though right now. Uh you know, they could start thinking about extensions, but really with where they're sitting, I think they're focused so much on this year that they're going to work on the extensions after this year. Uh, I could be wrong. We could get shocked. But this, I think they're just, they've, they've gotten to this point. Now, I think their focus is going to be shifting to the draft. Probably still see a few more signings, but it's, it's, it feels weird to not be having to wait two and three weeks in the free agency for the Cowboys to do anything. Uh, and, and here we are, they've done a lot.
1: And every move came as a surprise. You didn't hear it leaked. You didn't even hear it mm-hmm. being whispered really until it happened, which is why Tom, I and many Cowboys fans still have hope that maybe they make another splash trade as on it Wednesday, is, Albert it, Breer tweeted out that the Arizona Cardinals are certainly not going to get the deal they wanted yeah. a second round and some for DeAndre Hopkins. And he thinks the deal they wind up taking is very similar to the Cowboys deal with Brandon Cooks. His yeah. World where the Cowboys could make room for DeAndre Hopkins as well in this offense. Yeah. And say, screw the I, tight end, Tom. We don't need a tight end. Yeah,
2: it would it would completely change their offense. I don't know if that's really if if the uh if Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer are really willing to make that much of a change because I think they want them some tight end action out there. They do they like them tight ends. Uh so we're gonna have to see how that goes.
1: You could still get it, Tom, if it all it takes is a fourth and a sixth. Yeah, you can get nuke and a tight end.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I I, I agree I have, with you. I just I've, it's I've fun to play rumors. fantasy they're not, football. They're not that. in on 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 hop anymore, but uh, they wouldn't be surprised if something else came out of the woodworks. Uh, so you know, uh, I'd be surprised at at the actual name, but I wouldn't be surprised at the concept of them doing something like that. And God, it makes me feel, you know, like. Rod Serling ought to be creeping into the picture and saying something because I didn't understand it's... that. Oh, right. <laughs> what the hell? That was my phone. Some reason it decided oh. to start listening. <laughs>
1: oh, that's hilarious! I
2: hope our listeners understand better. Yeah, that was a mess. But uh,
1: but, uh the uh makes you feel tingly, man. It makes you feel like the Cowboys and, could and, uh, make a uh, move at uh, any time.
2: And I've been so mad at Stephen Jones for so many seasons. I don't know what to do with these strange new feelings because I honestly believe that he and his father, although you know it's really Stephen that is handling most of the cap contract stuff, they have moved ahead of every other team in the league as far as what they've done. I think this is going to be looked at. After people look back on it after a few years, it's one of the best off seasons uh that, that the Cowboys have ever had. Uh, and there's not many big names out there that are gonna move the needle for any other team. So I don't think it's gonna change from the current evaluation. And if they ultimately, get some good play,
1: ultimately yeah. for the Cowboys, whether or not this is regarded as a off season to remember. Will likely stem upon how they perform, yeah. 11 months from now, yeah. And so that's
2: true, that's th-
0: true.
1: It's all kind of going to depend on that because if not, then these guys go after one year rentals. And granted, I you know, I argue they'll probably still get a comp pick if Stefan Gilmore wants to play another season for eight million dollars. There's a comp pick if Brandon Cooks. Wants to play elsewhere after 2024 because he's got two years left here. Well, there's probably a comp pick waiting for them at the end of that rainbow. So they'll get it all back, but it won't be as memorable if they don't ultimately deliver when it matters in the postseason. So it's a good place to be right now as a Cowboys fan feeling good about the Cowboys making offseason moves, and we hope they will continue to do so. Keep in mind, Will McClay and uh, Dan Quinn were both at OSU Pro Day this week, checking out a couple of players there at Ohio State, and uh, could be some plenty more to come in terms of uh, Pro Day visits. We'll keep you up to date on all that there at bloggingtheboys.com. But for now, he's Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday.